Welcome to the Eastern Current Podcast. I'm your host, Captain Judd Brock, here today to bring you another episode. Today I've got Captain Kyle Elliott of Fish to Film Charters on the Pamlico Sound. We're going to talk about the incredible shallow water sight fishing opportunities that the Pamlico Sound has to offer. Hope you all enjoy. Well, this is a, uh, a new venture for the podcast here. We're sitting on the Pathfinder, tucked up in a little pocket on the Pamlico Sound. We just got finished fishing with Kyle Elliott of Fish to Film Charters, and we're doing an on-the-water podcast. So this new setup I've got is letting me be a little more mobile, so we're, uh, we're doing an on-the-water podcast. Guys, thanks for checking it out. We, uh, we've been filming all day, sight fishing for redfish. It's really trippy to be outside and not be able to hear anything but your own voice in your headphones, but... Um, epic sight fishing today i mean just an incredible incredible day of sight fishing and uh just an area that that people don't really think you can do it and kyle has been doing it for a long time and and he's got it figured out for sure so uh, first off i got michael here me michael and kyle fish together today but kyle tell us your name tell us where you're from kind of your fishing journey that's brought you to where you are now okay uh so captain kyle elliott i uh, grew up in washington county not too far from here um I've been fishing, I was lucky enough to grow up on a farm, so I was always fishing in a canal or on a pond, and mid-90s, my dad got a boat, and we came down here trout fishing, uh, or we were in the Albemarle Striper fishing, one or the other, and uh, as far as the drum, we didn't really target them, but we would catch them while we were fishing for trout, you know, and uh, just kind of went from there, just, uh, I've always... And on a bad day on the farm, we would be fishing, or uh, if it, you know, after a big rain, we would always fish almost every Sunday. And uh, we just, when I was 16, I got my own little River Ox boat, and, you know, me and my brother was coming down here fishing and just figuring it out on our own. That's super cool. It's funny how it seems like the the culture up here is like, yeah, we just kind of stumbled into we stumble into drum. That's kind of how we learned. Like back home, that's like everyone wants to catch redfish. Here, it's like everyone wants to catch speckled trout. Um, but there's plenty of both here for sure. Mike, what did you think about today? Today was crazy. Just so different from what we're used to. I mean, we've been discussing that kind of off and on all day. You know, we're fishing creeks and very kind of tight and narrow stuff. And this is a lot more kind of big open water. Seems a lot more like Louisiana style like we've been kind of discussing too. I mean, just being able to hop from cove to cove to cove it's kind of endless endless opportunities versus what we have is not necessarily limited but a lot more like kind of spot oriented if that makes sense for sure you guys listen to the podcast i'm gonna remind my guys real quick pretend like your microphone is attached to your lips and so when you turn your head the whole microphone goes with you (laughs) that way people don't hear you going in and out on the other side this is our first on the water podcast guys so if the audio goes a little wonky and then comes back in just just forgive us because we're trying to do something cool here but yeah kyle man so, how, how how long did you say you've been fishing up here? Down here? Uh, like or since, just the greater Pamlico Sound area? Since 1996 is when, like I said, my dad got him a key craft, and we were coming down. We were lucky enough to have a uh, a group of older guys that, I'm saying older, that back then they were probably in their 50s, but that's all they did was trout fish. And so, uh, we they would know where the fish were at. And back then, you know, I, I forget how many you could keep. But it was never really big trout. It was just a bunch of them. And so you, you start exploring the different points and ledges and doing that. And 
it was just always a lot of fun. And, it, you know, as life goes, is when I got like, I don't know, as I got older, I had other interests besides fishing and, and dad would go without me, you know? And so when I was younger, it was like, we would always have just me and him and my brother and just kind of learn it together. He, he already kind of knew uh, from just talking with the other guys, but for me and my brother, it was just, that's how we learned everything. That's cool. It, it's always awesome when you've got, you know, some older guys to learn from. And then, uh, you know, I, I grew up fishing with my dad and all we really did was go offshore and troll, whether it be for Spanish mackerel or, you know, some days when it was nice, we'd go further off and troll ballyhoo and catch little mahi and stuff like that. But, um, the stories, you know, and, and having those memories with your father growing up and fishing and being outdoors is something, you know, to cherish for sure. But I want to talk about the myth. Why is it you think that so many people don't really sight fish up here? Or maybe don't even think that you can sight fish up here. So I think it's just a very overlooked uh, fishery. Uh, up here we have a lot of tannic stain water, and people assume that the water is too dirty to see these fish. And the whole key of it is you've got to be able to see them. So you got to go shallow. And I fish a lot of spots that other people will think is too you can't even get a boat in there you know and, and that is the key and, and they're back there they're they're in the shallow spots uh and hey, let me tell a story i know i told it out there of how i figured you know how i figured it that out. was going to be my next question was okay. tell us the story that you told me of like how okay. you figured out okay you know, yeah. the redfish. It's, it's pretty good so uh, i was i was by myself that day and uh i had a loose connection on my battery and so the wind was blowing a gale and so I was in this area where I was trying to get out of the wind. And because it was a loose connection, my terminal, it, it ended up melting. I had to get a new battery. But I was worried because my trolling motor went out. And so it was blowing me towards the bank toward, and towards what I thought was just, you know, straight mud. And I was like, I'm going to be stuck here. I'm going to have to get somebody to come get me out. I'm going to get out and push. And as I was almost panicking, uh, well, we were floating over the, the, the little mud flat, and I saw three slot drum just not spook just swim away and i just kind of stopped thinking about the battery or the wind or anything and i was like let's drum and so i figured finally got i had to get out i kind of pushed boat till i used the big motor to get out and then i lined it up where the wind would push me back down and i let it blow me out there that time i saw five more drum you know didn't have a troll motor so I, I went straight in uh went and got a battery called my brother said hey you going fishing with me tomorrow, you know, let, let's, I saw some drum. Let's see if we can get them on the fly. And we pulled in there. One come cruising down the bank. He made a, a cast right on it. And, it, you know, we thought it spooked, kicked up a big mud cloud. And he's stripping. And you almost see the fish, like, look back almost. And when he looks back, that little bait fish pattern comes out of the mud cloud, and he just crushes it. And as soon as he crushed it, I looked at him, and I was just like, we can do this. You know, this is, this That's is so doable. Cool. Man, that's such a cool story. I'll say this right now for people that are that are listening to this podcast. I've fished redfish in a lot of places. And I'm not saying this to be like, oh, man, I'm a well-traveled angler. But I've guided in Louisiana. I spent a lot of time down there. I've, I've sight fished redfish in Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, Virginia a little bit. Um, and then Florida. I think I said Florida already. And the day we had the day was as good as any great day I've had in any other fishery. And Kyle tells me that, you know, it was less fish than he normally sees. Oh, and conditions. I mean, we had great conditions right. today. High sun, right. uh, light wind. The wind picked up a little bit, but light wind. And, and the, the fish were in every spot that they were supposed to be. And crazy size. I mean, we were seeing anything from 7-inch redfish to 35-inch redfish. It, it's it's crazy. So, I mean, 
this this place is it, it's underutilized for sure, which is a good thing because there's not much of that left out there. What did, what did you think, Mike? What did this compare to for you as far as everything goes? I think for me, like we were talking on the way up here, is a lot like Louisiana in the sense of where the fish are, how the size classes are, you know, how the fishery kind of breaks down. But, um, you know, it, it seems like with our fish in Wilmington, we get like kind of a same group of size class of fish and then you know it might be 50 to a couple hundred during the winter but they're all in 18 to 22 inches or whatever but like you said this has a totally different feel in the fact that you're pitching at a 25 inch fish and a 12 inch fish smokes it right from in front of them you know you, you that happened multiple times today <laughs> yeah like you don't see that anywhere else not anywhere else that i've been aggressive bites too. I mean, the water temperature yeah. was 57 degrees and fish were charging, you know, charging and eating it. And we were fishing spin rods today, but you, you primarily fly fish. Well, yeah, so if, it, if it's me, you know, if it's me and my brother out there fishing, yeah, I, I, I'm a fly guy. I like to fly fish, but me as well. Uh, this gets so many more people out there and, and, and seeing them, you know, adding that sight fishing, uh, aspect of it who doesn't like to watch a fish think about it and then eat, you know just inhale your your you know z-man or whatever you're throwing that day it's it's the ultimate in fishing in my opinion if you can see whatever fish it might be a largemouth bass a mahi a you know a tarpon a redfish to be able to sight fish see the fish make the right cast the correct retrieve let the fish see the bait feel like it's his idea and eat it and then set the hook whether you hook them after that or not, I mean, that's the fun part is getting the bite. You know, it's it's awesome to grab the fish, but, you know, really the whole journey of sight fishing and, and the exciting part is, like, getting that fish tricked and getting them to eat the, eat the bait, eat the fly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the cool thing about here is the amount of shots we got. You don't have to be a great angler to come up here and fish with you <laughs> and, and, be, and throw a spinning rod and sight fish lots of redfish. Like, you could be a pretty terrible angler. And come up here and have plenty of shots and get it done. Especially when it's the big schools of them, because they're going to compete. You know, they're there. If one of them gets see something, the other one's thinking, well, "What does he see? I'm getting over there before he does, and I'm eating whatever's over there." Yeah, it, it was, I mean, and I got to see that from behind with y'all in that big school, like forty fish. Y'all, they were like, "Oh, there's one. There's one. Oh my gosh, look at that point. There's a ton of fish on it." And y'all both bombed in there and doubled up. And guys, I don't know if I said this, but we were filming the whole day. So there is going to be an awesome video dropping. I'm going to put this podcast out beforehand. Um, so you'll be able to see our whole day, you know, see what it's like up here and then come do that with Kyle. But man, that that's the best part about schooling fish is, is the competition. I don't think we saw, but what a handful of singles today. Yeah. And not every single one of them ate, but every single one of them at least showed interest and come and checked it out. It wasn't like the fish just, you know, I feel like a lot of times in Wilmington you, you throw at a fish and kind of hits the water or something's a little off and that fish is gone. It's just out of there. But today, I mean, even on a bad cast, you're three, four feet off of it. That fish is, hears it and, you know, he's coming to look for it. He's, you know, very, very aggressive compared to what we'll see in a lot of other areas. Yeah. So, do you find like when you're sight fishing up here, is there a specific, you know, color or, you know, um, well, as far as the fly fishing, my go to is it just a black clouser, just nice a boring old black clouser, you know, like maybe one piece of gold flash in there. Uh, that, that's what I like to start off with and, and get a couple denials, you know, like before I switch, I want to make sure it's presented good and he has you know come up and, and looked at it from you know one inch away and if he turns you know 
okay, maybe we'll go to something. We'll go to purple. We'll go to pink. We'll, uh, we'll just keep trying until you get keep getting those good. And you get a lot of shots to so you can do that where you know where you can see well this is going to work today for this school right here or you know this singles they seem to be liking pink today and it's just a as far as like every day uh you know if i have one bait i'm gonna throw it's gonna be a black clouds but uh they are liable to like that one day and then next day like something else it's yeah, that, that's the truth, and I think having something you're confident in to get a read off of the fish, whether you're throwing a spinning rod or a fly rod, like you know 90% of the time they eat this. If they're not going to eat this, I know we need to make a change right. lighter, you know, whether it's a heavier fly that's down on the bottom or a lighter fly that's up higher or, you know, you're fishing a, a like you were throwing a pinfish color jig and they were eating it, but it seemed like they were maybe a little more keyed in on darker colors today, so. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And as far as like the, the throwing the Z Man, you know, the, the scent that's on there, a lot of them almost come up and, and it's like they're, they smell it real quick before they, okay, yeah, that's that's the real thing. I want that, you know? Oh, for sure. That's, I, that's what I always tell people. I don't think scent's necessarily, necessarily necessary, but it doesn't hurt. It never hurts to have that scent on there. Um, but I mean, it was crazy. We saw 27, 28 inch trout up there on the flats too with yeah. those fish. We sight fished a striper. Um, and this little creek mouth where it was like, there's three redfish swimming out and I pitch, I'm like, Oh, there's some more redfish behind it. I pitch up there, you know, roll that bait out in front of them, drop it and it starts sinking down. That fish comes up and eats it. And I set the hook. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's a striper. And Kyle, you even said like, I was like, I was thinking Judd does not know what he's talking about. <laughs> he didn't just say fish a striper, but that fish was in a foot of water up there with redfish, a school of striper were, and he, he was hungry. It was the, it was one of the coolest bites of the day. Yeah, so that that was a, that was a first for me. Uh, I catch striper out here, but not necessarily looking to sight fish them. Right, right, uh, and that was different than anywhere else we were red fishing because it had that little creek gut coming out into it, and uh, maybe there's striper in there because there's a lot of bait sitting in there because it's a little bit deeper. Well, I'm gonna go back and find out on another day. I'll yeah. tell you that. <laughs> Bomb some topwaters in that little pocket before you sneak in there. No, that was cool. And then you saw some more. I jumped down and you saw some more striper, Mike, in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't the only one. There was probably a group of at least, like, seven or eight. Yeah. You know, they were kind of divided up. Judd's fish ate. He set the hook, kind of willed his fish around the front of the boat. I mean, it, hopefully it shows up in the video. But, I mean, it was right in front of the boat. And there was, you know, another three or four with him. And then right behind that, you could see another small group of them. Yeah, that was that was too cool. It's uh, what's Honestly, the whole day I was up here, I was just – kept kept being like this is just like louisiana like the types of area you're fishing and you know the over the sand you get good contrast the fish show up from a long ways off you get time to get shots but they're not super spooky you can get super close to these fish because they're just unpressured it's uh it, it was cool and hopefully it'll stay like this forever i mean the nice thing about where you are is you're you're far enough away that you're never going to have that insane traffic like we have in wilmington but i mean there's people that want to travel and fish and I, I think you know it's it's far enough out here that it's going to be hard for somebody to come out here and necessarily do this themselves on a regular basis and be on the fish, but coming with someone like Kyle that's that's fished every little point and pocket on, on this whole stretch of, of the Pamlico, that he's going to put you right on the fish. But the sight fishing was it was neat, man. And, and fishing from that tower, I, I was excited to bring that up here because I, I felt like it would be a good scenario for it. And it would be hard to fly fish from up there, but how far off do you feel like you're normally on a good viz day? Are you able to pick these fish up? from your boat on an absolutely perfect uh no wind day which i actually like to have some wind yeah but uh if it's just dead calm and a bright sunny day like today easily 60 to, to 80 feet if it's a if it's a bigger 
you know, a bigger drum. It's yeah, no problem. Sure. Like a big single coming off of the mud. Especially if they're moving. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. If they're moving, for sure. Now if they're if they're sitting still on the on the on the mud on the dark spots, they can be pretty hard. You catch that glimmer of the blue tail, you know. Right, right. Hopefully they move as you're coming up on them. But when they're cruising and off of the black and then onto the sand, it's just they just pop. Yeah. One of the things that I, I always share is like the faster you're moving through an area the harder it is for you to pick up on movement. But as you, if you get into the fish and you start moving really slow, you're, you're going to, your body's going to pick up movement on the bottom much easier than if you're moving through an area quick. And that was one of the downfalls of being on the tower and up there. It was hard to stop the boat. Like a couple of times we got into groups of like 20, 30 fish in an area and, and they're so unspooked. They're kind of swimming away from the boat and coming back because they're unpressured up here. Um, I mean, multiple fish today, we spooked them, reeled in, threw back to them and they just turned around and smoked it. But it's uh, it, it's pretty impressive, Mike. Um, what what was your take on on sight fishing from that tower? That's, if I could have that on the front of my boat every day, I probably would. <laughs> that visibility is so nice. I was gonna say going back to a skiff after that, I don't. It's gonna be hard. <laughs> Just one day will spoil you so quickly. Yeah. But um, no, I mean, like Judd was saying earlier, like we, me and Kyle were up on the front, and we see a little pocket, and we got four or five fish in that little pocket that we're looking at. Kyle makes a pitch in there. I think I make a pitch in there. Neither one of us hook up. Sea fish kind of react to the bait. Look down the bank, and I'm just like, holy cow. Here comes, like, the mother load. Here they come. You know, it's like 40 fish coming right at us, and we both reel up, pitch in there, double up immediately, and we're still sitting there looking at another 20 fish or more you know, fighting our fish yeah, and being able to And I'm see. sitting in the back holding the camera. <laughs> I say that. I, I, I definitely hawked the bow more than anybody today. So I got Joe my definitely fish got the most fish of the day. Yeah, that but was, that was. Uh, he was crushing the little guys. Hey, hey, <laughs> you know, I got to, I got to throw the fish. I know I can defeat. So I get scared of those big ones sometimes. Uh, I think one of the coolest parts about this fishery up here that we don't have back home is this is. There's no tide. I mean, you have some wind tide up here, but all day we were able to be in the right depth right. and sight fish mm-hmm. the entire time. Like even on a perfect day back home, we get about four hours. But you could, as soon as you've got sunlight here, you can sight fish until you lose your sunlight. Yeah. And then you can go back through and throw topwaters on top of them and, and probably catch them good. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, that is, that's neat. How do you see the, the wind, you know, when you do have wind tides? Does it affect your red fishing, your shallow water red fishing much? Uh, I don't. I don't see it affecting the the sight fishing as long as I can get to the spots and they're not as rough, they're not too rough to see the fish. So, you know, it, it, now if, obviously if it blows all the water out, yeah, they're going to be they're not going to be up there where we were at today. But right, uh, as far as it just being rough, I don't think it really matters. It, it, they're going to be there. It's just a matter is if you can see them. You know, right. It's uh. Yeah, and, and having that sand, too, it's so less likely to get blown out, like, over the sand. So walk me through your seasons here. Like, we're, we're fishing. It's November, what, what's the date? November, November 29th. And, you know, aggressive, shallow redfish, not even thinking about being, like, spooky winter redfish like we see back home starting this time of year. But take me through your season, like, as far as sight fishing redfish goes here. Can you do it all year long? Yeah, you can, you can do it all year long. If you get some prolonged really cold you know just barely cold they're gonna move they're gonna be they're gonna be deeper obviously they're gonna be a little deeper you're still gonna catch some of the cruising those shallows you, you might not see as many 
Right. Uh, and you still might see the schools come up there. But, yeah, you can do it all year long. And then, you know, spring and summer, the water does get um, a little bit cloudier, I would say. But these fish, it's so shallow, you know, they still just pop. They still, just like a, a pumpkin sitting out there in the water a lot of times. Right. It's, uh, it's, um, that, I'm, I'm thinking of one fish towards the end that turned right. Like we, you threw at him. Right. And I think he slid left a little bit. And I threw, he, and he turned right and it was just like this bright red stop sign. I mean, mm-hmm. you could see it so well. What, what would you say is the best time of year to come up here and sight fish these fish? I mean, really, the, the last three weeks have been pretty epic, but, uh, the big, I see more big fish around July. Uh, August, September. Obviously, that's when the trophies are coming in. But the 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 really nice, the really even the even the upper slots. I see more then than I do now. And you're able to get shots. You're getting shots and catching these big bull redfish in shallow water. In the that's summer. right. Yeah, w- watching them, watching them eat. You know, watching them in one foot of water. You're talking, you know, forty to fifty inch fish. Just, you know, like a big goldfish swimming over and sucking up a little fly. Yeah, that's incredible. That it. it I mean, that type of, I think the only cool thing about the big fish, sight fishing that's better than, you know, what we were catching today, which are still great fish, 25-inch redfish, uh, is how, how much more visual it is because it's such a bigger target. The movements are larger. Right. The the blow-up or the, you know, the water splashing as he eats and takes off when he realizes he's hooked is, like, way more aggressive. But the shot and the scenario is the same on every fish. And that that's what I uh, I share with clients, too, especially if it's a day of me catching a lot more little fish. I'm like, hey, you know, it's all about the shot and you know, we become such better anglers and understanding how these fish eat and what they're doing through sight fishing. But the big fish are definitely, they're definitely fun. Way more fun. Mike, uh, how would you say this compares to, you know, our sight fishery further down the coast this time of year? But like our fish down south, are a lot more, I don't know, transitional. Yeah. You know, like these fish, it sounds like are, you know, in these kind of same areas year round. Um, versus like our fish are moving and using a lot of different habitat, you know, so you're having to find them in one place for spring and fall, summer times in a whole nother area, then winter time they're doing something completely different, you know? So I, f- I feel like that's, uh, just a lot more transitional looking in a lot more different places than what we kind of, what, what we saw up here. Yeah, I, I agree. The, and the tides, they move the fish around a good bit more and. Yeah. Do you find these fish when it gets cold? Or are they dropping off into some of the deeper creeks and, and sitting kind of in areas where you might find trout this time of year? Yeah, yeah, you'll definitely pick some up there uh, just in the deeper, like you say, the deeper ledges. But you'll still, if you want to sight fish, you can still, like I say, catch them cruising up on, on the shallows. Yeah, yeah. There's just so many fish here. The numbers of fish here are very impressive. And, th- I mean, there's and there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of creeks deeper creeks for them to go to and, and still you know we still saw a lot out here but i'm sure there was plenty up here if we just wanted to just cat you know blind cast cat, you know no nah, i'm good f- <laughs> fishing for trout or whatever you know yeah the, it's uh you know they're fun to catch anyway but like we keep saying that sight fishing is is incredible well, are there any other fly fishing opportunities here like if you come up and you're you're wanting to fish the greater pamlico sound area are there any other times you throw the fly i know you're talking about stripers a little bit and yeah you, you can definitely so the album the, the mouth of the road and like that's always great for stripers the pan as far as the pamlico goes you can pick up stripers uh i wish I, i'm hoping well now that we see you can sight fish them that'd be awesome to get on schools of them 
And as far as trout goes, you can sight fish trout. They seem to be a lot spookier than the than the reds. But the trout fishing is more of a, a sinking line. You know, if you're dealing with a with a fly rod, it's a sinking line kind of game. Just kind of blind casting, floating over the, the same same places you'll be throwing mirror lures at. Just with a fly rod, yeah, and can you do, can you get pretty good numbers that way with a fly rod? Yeah, 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 for sure. You can limit out, you know, if you if you want to, if you if yeah. not maybe not every day, but yeah, you definitely catch some nice fish. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, to be able to come up here and and do it all, you know, speckled trout and stripers and redfish on the fly rod. There's really not another place in North Carolina than than this estuary here, but. Um, do you see the striper? I know we thought we saw it coming in, but stripers blitzing up on blitzing on the surface and birds getting on them in this this area much. Yeah, it it, hap- it happens more than I think people realize. You know, I hear more. I hear a lot of people talking about it down on the noose than up this way. Yeah, but it happens here too. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, like again, the Albemarle—that's kind of what they're known for. It's just the, the big schools of stripers out there. Yeah. Do do you uh is, when you bump into the stripers just blind casting is that more so when you're fishing trout maybe in the summer out on points in deeper water? Yeah, so, so a lot a lot of times it's going to be near structure, you know, near uh, uh you know piers, stumps, bright waters, whatever. Yeah. That's where I pick up they a lot like of the to stri- orient the stuff. Exactly, yeah. yeah kind of how kind of how that one you you got today, how it was almost like he was hiding. They were hiding behind that little teeny piece of mud up there you yeah know? yeah and they were just waiting for you something to come by oh yeah and, and they they were in the right spot for me at least <laughs> um the yeah, the striper fishing is so cool and i i love all fishing and i today kind of helped me refall in love with red fishing in north carolina because i'm like god there's still so much untapped stuff to learn um and, and nothing gets me more excited than going and catching redfish specifically in new areas and, and learning you know how they're acting and what they're doing in, in different areas i think one thing that that i'd like to know though based off of today what was each person's like favorite shot the favorite moment of the day kind of walk me through you start mike mm. even though i didn't hook a fish just that first bank that we're going down and you know kyle's like single single group you know it just like you said like it it reset my mind and like thinking all right seeing like what I was seeing, you know, in front of me was just awesome. Knowing like, this is, this is what we're going to be doing all day. It just got me excited. It got me amped getting to see those fish do that. And it was so cool. We made this comment earlier too, that it shows that we got a healthy fishery to see so many different sizes of fish all in the same little area together. And not to say that it's healthy everywhere, but it's showing that, you know, we do have those size classes and those year classes coming up to kind of you know keep our fishery going yeah definitely what about you mine is kind of the same because it's not we didn't catch a fish but it was when me and you were up there on the tower and we were looking in front and they kind of split us we kind of spooked them and i turned around and looked behind the boat and, and judd was filming us and there's a school of like 20 nice i would say upper slots that just definitely you know they're, they're almost at the motor and we're like they're behind us turn around behind us you know <laughs> y'all were just spinning circles yeah, up on the tower, they just were just everywhere firing casts in every direction i think the 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 one that's going to stick with me the most was that like 33 34 inch fish that i had like this perfect layup shot on and just spooked the piss out of them <laughs> maybe not my favorite but it's the the memory that i'm going to take home from here not really i think my favorite though was was when y'all doubled up on that that group it was like a cove and kyle was like man i I know this one should be good. I haven't fished it in a while, but we'll, let's slide in there and check it out. And we went in there. It was like just chock full of redfish. <laughs> Every little pocket that he said said it would have fish in it had fish in it. And um, it, it's cool, you know. We don't get to see this much back home, but the the grass that mats up on the bottom, 
um, you know, you see those fish, you really, they pop and you pick up on them when they slide off that grass and, and you're able to track them and they'll get over the grass again, you'll lose them. But that excitement of like, I think that first second, that split second of like when you're, when you're sitting up there, you're looking, you're scanning back and forth and all of a sudden you're like, oh shoot, that's a fish. That little rush or that little hit that you get from, um, you know, the first sighting of that fish is, is so fun. And the anticipation of the unknown and fishing, I think is also what's so addicting and that's what was so cool about coming up here and fishing something new that I haven't fished. You know, I fished up on the Pamlico quite a bit, but never sight fishing redfish. And I was just so excited to to come up here with this perfect weather. My wife was like, I kept talking about it. She's like, you better shut up. You're going to jinx yourself. You're not going to see any fish up there. <laughs> so what always happens when you start talking about something too much. But And I was I was coming up here almost guaranteed. I was like, it's something's going to happen. It's gonna, The barometric pressure is going to spike, and we're not going to see any fish. But no, we saw them. They were there. They were there. Um, it worked out. It did work out. So um, I think we'll kind of wrap this podcast up, guys. I, definitely be looking out for the video. It's going to come out a few days after this podcast. Um, and and Kyle, tell everybody where they can find you uh, if they you know if they want to book a trip or if they want to follow your content. Yeah, so I, I definitely post the most on Instagram, and it's, it's at Fish the Number Two Film altogether. Uh, and then as far as Facebook, it's Fish to Film Adventures. Uh, I also have a website, Fish to Film Adventures dot com, and I have a little YouTube, but that's more just uh, just me. Some fishing, some hunting, some bird hunting. I like to bird hunt, like to deer hunt, and I, I make little videos on there. Yeah, Kyle also guides is guiding woodcock hunts this year. So, and and he's got an incredible dog that if if y'all want to get out and <laughs> well, well, some it, people it finds so, the birds. So. Yeah, he he's a great tracks is a awesome hunter, and I I couldn't have got a better first you know a bird dog. I, I, yeah, all the way from Oklahoma to North Carolina in a little box, and I'm gonna. First time I saw him, just fall in love, you yeah. know, and just, it's been a blast training him around here. Yeah, that, that's, uh, Kyle's helped me a lot in my, uh, my new adventure of wanting to hunt woodcock over the past little bit. And, um, you know, you could even come up here and sight fish and then you got, you know, wild woodcock and quail right around here where you, someone could come up and, you know, go do a little cast and blast. The other cool thing is there's such good duck hunting up here. I mean, you come up duck hunt in the morning and then go fish when the sun gets good. I mean, you're back from duck hunt nine thirty, ten o'clock, hop on the boat with Kyle, slide out and go do some red fishing. So, um, you know, the whole Pamlico sounds got, got a lot going on, but, but the cast and blast opportunities are, are definitely here for sure. And Kyle would be your guy to do that. I would have to say, Michael, you got any, any fancy words to leave our, our listeners with? Nothing off the top of my head, but I put you on the spot. I know. Definitely. I was sitting here waiting for the, waiting for you to cut it out right there. No, um, definitely come up here check out Kyle, check out what he's doing. Um, it's awesome. It's sight fishing is, you know, incredible. Um, it's nothing like anything else you're going to get, you know, in different areas in North Carolina, everything has its own little specific way of doing stuff and all. And this is something completely different than what a lot of other people offer as far as sight fishing go. So, yeah. you know, awesome. Yeah. Come check it out. And I just, before we end, I like to just say thank y'all for coming up here and, and bringing the pathfinder, bringing the tower. That was a new experience for me. That was awesome. You can cover so much more. The higher you go, the, the more you can cover. The sky's the limit. <laughs> <laughs> no, for sure, man. Thank you so much for, for having us. And we're going to be doing more of this together. I, I really want to help help you showcase the incredible fishery you have up here. Um, so I'm looking forward to doing that in the future. And uh, you guys, thanks for checking out the podcast. As always, uh, we're very appreciative that you listen and, and encourage us to, to keep bringing y'all good content. Uh, but check out Kyle and Mike, Kyle, Judd, myself. It was fun, and we'll see you all next week. Later.